This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Yeah, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, Glick, what's going on? The podcast named after you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm back to talk about um, a new series that has just wrapped up from one of my favorite writers, um, Kieran Gylan. He He's a guy who, you know, just about, you know, can't do anything wrong from his, like, from his work on, on Phonogram, it's like to um to Uncanny X Men to the to the Wicked and Divine, and including his Star Wars work, ranging from Darth Vader to Doctor Aphra, and to a lesser extent, Star Wars series proper itself. And he's also come back to Marvel with a um pretty good um first volume of of Eternals. But in between all this, well, he's also been doing more creator owned stuff, such as with um Once in Future and the series we're talking about today, Die. Now. Not that he's telling you know the reader to die, but die is basically a reference to to dice. It's like as in the kind you use when you're playing a pen and paper role playing game. And this is a series that is basically that is basically all all about that, and just you know also ties into like you know why we play play these games itself, as well as like you know some nods to like you know goth like high fantasy gothic horror and the 1980s Dungeons and Dragons um, animated series, which you know. Kind of serves as like as kind of a basis for the series, as as Gylan like you know, someone brought to the idea to Gylan that hey you know what if the kids from those from that series like you know never made it home, well, that's kind of what we're dealing. That's of a that's kind of but not really what we're dealing with here, as the series you know starts off in it's like in ni- 1991 like with these with these kids these teenagers, um, it's like. Ash, Chuck, uh, Matt, Angela, Isabel, and Saul—you know—all meeting up, you know, for a, a gaming session. It's like you know, run by, it's like run by Saul because it's it's his and Ash, Ash's birthday, and it turns out that for this special occasion, Saul has created an all-new um, game for them to play. It's like, like he's created created the world, created, um, created the roles roles for these characters. It's like. And and the idea is like, hey, you know, let's play this and have fun. So I can see see where it goes. Thing is, like, you know, as after they start, they suddenly disappear from this world for two years. When they reappear two years later, none of them can talk about you know why they've why they've um like you know been away all this time. What happened to them? It's like, and also Saul um is missing. Fast forward um, 20 years later to the year of our Lord 2018, and these kids are now now adults and they've done their best to try and like you know put this, um you know put this episode behind them, until one one day on like on Ash's birthday he gets a mysterious package, and it contains Saul's um blood soaked um um D20 his 20 sided die that he that his character the Grandmaster used in the in this fateful game, because what happened was the uh, like these like these kids wind up going into the world that that Saul created for his, like for this game. It's like, and they live there, like I'm fighting, among, <coughs> excuse me, um, fighting among, um, fight, like fight, like fighting, fighting the bad guys, um, mixing it up with, with the locals. It's like, and I'm taking on like the, uh, it's like, it's like the um the like the grand the grand big bad of the world to. In order to um, fi- finally come home, it's like only th- only problem is like you know when um they get this it's like when um when Ash gets this die and like basically tells everyone like tell all his friends about it 
they basically have to they basically realize that okay we've got to address what's going on even though that um everyone's kind of like living relatively normal lives at this point well i mean ash is married we don't actually don't think we know actually what he's doing as a uh as a full-time job but um but chuck the uh like so the um self-absorbed um like guy who just you know doesn't let anything get to him is now a hugely successful um, fantasy writer with like with films um based on like based on his books um matt is now a uh statistics professor at the uh, local um local university and also a dad as well it's like angela um ash's um sister it's like is a um coder at a gaming company only like she's going through an ugly divorce right now that's like threatening to um, upend her relationship with her daughters it's like um isabel is a uh is a she's let's see she's a divorced school teacher it's like and she's you know like less standoffish than she was back like back in the day it's like and all these people they've gotten together that they're trying to figure out what does this mean but before they can really like you know get into like you know, get into the like, the nitty gritty of this well they've all they're all summoned back to the world of die the world that um saul created and they're they're also greeted by saul himself who's become one of the undead the fallen um creatures of this world and he wants them to like to finish to finish the game this time because now he's essentially the like the grandmaster of this world it's like and he wants them to fully experience you know this on this world that he's created for them so it's a it's a solid setup but um this is also like it started off as being like the one series from kieran Gaiman that didn't immediately win me over with its first volume mainly because um Gaiman is a very witty very funny writer who i and i think that his you know that that wit is like one of the things that like thoroughly appeals to me it's like like over throughout all of his works and with this first volume like it was like like thing things got dark it's like you know it's like we got to see like at one point ash um who's actually who's female in the um in the game world it's like is me is greeted by one by a former it's like like by a former knight that she like that that she was friends friends with and he said that you know he'd it's like that he would um you know i continue to continue to quest for her it's like until he could lay eyes upon her again problem is that well it's like when that when they've been gone for all this time well he's he's died he's basically come a rotting corpse it's like and he's you know it's like hey i see it's like I, it, I i hey you know that promise i made to you it's like it didn't work out it worked and it was really bad and so it turns out that um that isabel has to use her powers as a god binder to contact one of her like one of her tame gods to give this guy sight again and as soon as he grants eyes upon ash it's like you know it's like the uh it's like he immediately like sees oh my quest is over and then he liquefies right over her body it's like it's kind of it's kind of gross but it's also but the series also like does kind of trend trend close to horror in the sense that you know it's like like bad things happen 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 to these these people it's like these it's like the uh like the world they left it's like is not like this is something that they, they that they were um traipsing through as it's like as teenagers and they didn't understand the full consequences of their actions and you know it's like now they've now they're adults and like they're being forced to uh you know reckon with like you know their action actions as kids and also it's like to uh and also as adults they realize that hey you know it's like you know we've got 
we can think of like other solutions to problems, such as like we don't have to play um, the the game the way Saul describes it. Why don't we just like you know attack his um his favorite city in order to get him out out in the open so we can like force him to like to send us back? Only like to find out that you know some of the some of the characters don't want to go back, and this feeling this like um mentality of like you know everyone's got their own agenda it's like and they're trying to like you know work it out for themselves like that kind of plays like plays out over the course of the like first three volumes before everyone finally gets on the same page and they realize like they realize what's at stake more than that though it's like um die is also it's like you know an interrogation of the origins of like a a pen and paper fantasy itself like the uh, first, like the first volume, basically has an issue dedicated to um, J.R.R. Tolkien. It's like and how how his experiences in World War One, you know, shaped Lord of the Rings, which is also one of the cornerstones of you know of pen and paper fantasy. Volume two, like, actually has something even more interesting in that we um, find out about um, Charlotte Bronte. Yes, you know the famous Bront, like um, Bronte sisters and family. It's like and how um how her family like basically like you know did their own you know, kind of like role-playing role sessions as kids and how it um, consumed them, or at least, you know, as, as Gein, des- Gein describes it in World. It's like it's like to like to an unhealthy end. Then there's um, Volume 3, which has H.G. Um, Wells. Like, in his, in his, like, you know, explicit, um, you know, rule-building, like in his book Little Little Wars, which, you know, he was trying to, like, you know, put out as, like, a, as a means of, like, you know, heading off any... Like you know, like any major wars based on like um war gaming, but it turned out to have the the opposite effect. There's and then there's one more one more character, um, good old um H.P. Lovecraft, who has a um like who has a, a starring role. It's like in the uh, showcase issue for um for the final for the final volume, as we learn like as we learn about his like how his um dream his dream logic writing you know influenced like influence the genre as well it's like this is all like you know like fascinating interesting stuff but at the same time though it's like it kind of like leads into my, my biggest problem with this series like on the uh on the reread because a lot of times you know when i reread stuff it's like you know it's like i find that you know it reads um much better it's like you know once you uh like are able to take in everything from beginning to end um die kind of works like this there are there is some stuff here that's set up like early on like the like the motif of like you know what am i for that finally pays off in the uh like in the final volume it's like and also like ash's status as an as an as a very um unreliable narrator it's like like i said there's not that, it's not that there isn't payoff it's just that on rereading this i uh i got the feeling that you know the world of die which with its influences like in real life it's like you know in these like real life um masters like it's like and also the uh you know it's it's just description of like you know being created by like a uh, you know by a 16 year old kid it's like it's it doesn't seem to be like a very you know credible fa- fantasy world now i'm not that's I, and on one hand i think that might be um Guyland's, um you know, aim, it's like aim here in the sense that you know this this is a series all about interrogating you know like what does fit what does fantasy role playing mean it's like mean to every mean to us the player it's like and also just you know just like also asking like you know what kind of hold does it have 
does it have it have over us? It's like you know, what does it and how does it you know affect affect our lives as a as a result? So I think that the um, the world itself is meant to like, to serve you know you know these like this this aim that he's telling rather than you know the, the story itself. Now I think that um, his, the characterization like of the cast is pretty solid, and I think that you know like his talent like um for giving you know, like you know really one liners like is unparalleled and there's like lots of fun each character like some great zingers or um sick burns that they inflict that they inflict on each other and it's also like interesting to see the characters as they adapt to like you know what what's happened to them like this this world they experience as kids and they have to deal with as as adults some of them you know it's like deal with this better than others like chuck who is just you know, hey, it's like it's like I'm just I'm not here to learn. I'm just here to party. It's like and it's and even then, like you know, we learn that he's also got you know some some demons that he needs to, he's going to um, learn to address here. But also Ash, you know, because it's not for nothing that that he's a he in the real world and a she in the uh, like in the, in the fantasy world of die because that's something that's that that it's it's touched upon over the course course of the series it isn't really fully interrogated until like until the final volume and um isabel who initially starts off as being like you know one person who's too cool for all of this but eventually like you know turns out to like you know be taking this more seriously than than anyone else it's like it's like like all the characters are are, are interesting and i think that they've they're enough to get me to um to go through this but at the same time this world doesn't really feel um all that like like a proper fantasy world, something that I can you can really get your, get lost in. It's like it just kind of feels like it's something that's meant to interrogate, you know, fan, like on um, fantasy tropes, and also like you know serve the characters in terms of like you know their own per, personal journeys. And and one of the reasons I'm saying this is because um, before I started rereading Die, um, I also spent like a week rereading another series that goes deep, deep into world building. It's like along with its character development. And that is a monstrous by, um, by Marjorie Liu and Sana Takeda. Now, if you've read my um, reviews of monstrous, you'll notice that I, one of my criticisms is that like, Hey, you know, it's like, this, this, like, um, this shit is dense. I should probably like, you know, reread each volume before I, you know, start, before I go on, go on to the next one. But on um, the last volume, a um, war child, you know, managed to be like, really good on its own terms and to the point where it's like i figured like hey you know what i really should reread everything you know before i'm going on to volume six the vow and you know what it's like that that really paid off because you know it's able i was able to pick up on stuff that you know was only hinted at in like in early volumes and it was also cool seeing like the evolution of certain characters certain characters over the um it's like over the run of run of the series so when i uh, finally did get around to reading through the vow it's like after rereading the previous five volumes it's like it was thoroughly entertaining and you know it's like i was able and i was um it's like and i i think i was able to i would have enjoyed it more than i would have had i just you know read it cold you know after you know months away from from the previous volume of the series but more than that um the level of world building that um that Liu and Takeda invest in their series is such that I can imagine, you know, 
all sorts of um stories um being told like in the in the uh it's like in the world of monstrous like i want to know more about um corvin the uh it's like the like the crow servant of like of the dust court or to or tuya it's like um like um micah half wolf's um lover who is also the, the baroness of the dust dust court and um like she's and my god like we need a we really do need like a mini series about her in order to um you know unpack her like her motivations because the some of the shit she pulls in volume five sorry volume six it's like wow it's like there we need like i said we need to find out just what's going on in her head but i'm getting away from this point because the thing about the uh, world building and die is that it's all meant to serve you know like like this interrogation of like a fan of like a fantasy role playing itself, it's like and the uh, and the growth of the of its main cast. I honestly, it's hard for me to imagine any other stories being told in this world apart from the characters themselves. It's like as far as I mean, we're sure it's like the uh, the fantasy version of World War One that's running in Eternal Prussia. I mean, okay, that's that's a concept, but we don't get any. Um, to, to any real characters like emerging out of like out of that. In fact, like the only some of the like the only really notable like um like character supporting characters like in the series are like there's it's like there's Dower and Delight, like the true um dwarves who are basically meant expressly expressly um one note characterizations who are basically like, hey, you know, it's like we're we're dwarves and we've only got one character trait trait a piece. Hey, isn't that like isn't that kind of funny? I mean I get what he's go what he's going at there, but at the same time, it's like it's hard to see like you know like this this world like supporting any like any other stories beyond like you know what's being told in the main cast. That's funny because um Gylan has been developing um die as a proper um pen and paper RPG um like series since the first volume. And yeah, it's like and you can also like go online and like and download it if you're if you're interested in checking it out. Um, I, uh, I, to be honest, it's like, I kind of don't have like the desire to do that because like I said, it's, it kind of feels just more like, like something that he, he created specifically for this series rather than something that feels like, oh, this is like something we can do. Like, this is like, like a world we can explore. And, um, I guess, you know, to, uh, to try and like, you know, steer this thing towards a conclusion, the final volume bleed, um, you know, it's like it kind of, like it doesn't really do a whole lot, um, like to change my mind about that. Um, I mean, yes, we get the, uh, like we get the HP Lovecraft, Lovecraft stuff here, and we do get, um, like answers to uh, certain store aspects of the uh, mythos that they kind of set up, like such as where the, such as where the fallen c- come from. It's like, and also just you know why its um timeline is so, it's like is so weird and twisty. It's like, oh, and also, um. It's like you know just what the deal is with Saul and what what really happened to him. It's like after it's like after everyone left. It's like like the, left him the, the first time, and you know it's like Guylan is you know it's like he's he's still he's still like a really solid writer when it comes to plotting, and it's to his credit that this all stuff does all this stuff does come together in the end, especially when we find out you know it's like hey it's like you know just the the reason it's like the uh, like the big, like the real big bad of the series, it's like actually turns out to be you know dice. 
honestly. And it does make a certain amount of sense, as does um, Ash's um, response to this, like, like, um, like to this overlord, like that actually, that actually runs up resolving everything as well. And I also do like the, uh, the business when Ash um, has to interrogate um, her, like her other self that wants to, what that wants to come back, like to the world. It's like, um, to the, um, to the real world. It's like in order to spare, um, spare her friends. It's, um, it's like, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of clever and, and interesting. And it's, and it's why like, I still enjoyed this series. Like I said, even if like it's, it's world building just kind of, you know, like left, like, I guess ultimately, like ultimately disappointed me in the end, but, but the, um, but the, uh, the final issue, which basically has all the resolution, like once everyone gets back to the real world, which, you know, come on, you knew it was going to happen. There's some surprises and there's a large amount of satisfaction in terms of like everyone basically gets what they deserve, for lack of a better term. And, you know, it's like, then so like, that's cool. It's like, I liked it. And also one thing I haven't mentioned at this point is that the series for all of its 20 issues has stellar art from Stephanie Hans, who um, has worked with Guylin on um, journey into mystery and um, wicked and a couple issues of the wicked and divine. And she's got like a great sense of, of style. And she, she does a great job of like making, making this stuff like look like it belongs all these disparate, disparate elements like cyber, like I'm um, cyberpunk rogues. It's like I'm um, steampunk dragons. Um, high fantasy, um, in, like it's like English courts. It's like all look like they belong in this, like in this one one series, and it's like it's really and, it, and the series is never at a at a loss for like great great visuals under, it's like it's like under her pen. It's like so she does a great job of hold, holding us all together. It's like even when the like the uh, the story just you know can't quite you know like um sell what it's you know what it's trying trying to deliver. So, in the end, like, I guess Die is like a series that kind of shows that, you know, a so-so series written by Guylin is still better than, you know, other people's best efforts. Because I think that the, the character work is solid, and even though, like, the world building, you know, does kind of does kind of disappoint, it still has art art that's really solid to hold, to hold itself together, and the overall plotting and character work is still like it's still pretty strong. Um, I can't say that I would, um, you know, recommend this as something that if you're looking to, um, like, you know, experience like, you know, what is like, you know, what is great about Gallen? Like, you know, why I, I, I'll follow this guy to whatever he does. It's like, it's more, it's more one for the converted, but if you're looking for like evidence of why I'm um, Stephanie Hans should um, do another ongoing series, you know, after this, then, like this this will do it for you but also like i said it's not bad it's just that um i've read better stuff from the right from the writer elsewhere and um well it's like that's you know that's that's pretty much it so it's not bad just, just a little, little disappointing though if you're well, reading between the lines you'll might be able to guess what what series i'm going to put on my best of list this year <laughs> not this one not not this one but like i said if you've been paying attention you'll know all right well um well that's a pretty interesting review there so um you know what you're going to be talking about next time jason oh uh, you know it's like i've 
got plans. It's like about stuff that I want to talk about. I think I may um one may just go and go ahead and order um it's like the uh oh wait, what is it? Um oh the girl from the other side. It's like I think may I just put down put out the order for that on um it's like on the right stuff right now because I've that's one of the two uh, manga series I want to talk about before the end of the year. But there's also other stuff like coming out as, as well because there's like Ajin and also on um, that final volume of Immortal Hulk, which I hope to get Rob back for um, before the end of the year. But we'll see how that goes. All right. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. And um, we'll catch you next time on Comic Picks by the Glick. All right. Laters, everyone. Bye.